Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast, the podcast where I talk business, self-improvement, lifestyle, and more. Whether or not it's just me sort of talking, a little bit of audio action for you to enjoy, or me sitting down with a special guest to find out more about the steps they took to become successful. Whether or not you're listening to this on the go, you're sitting at home right now listening, I appreciate your time. And so if you're ready, let's dive in to this next badass episode. All right, so there are a few business questions, not a ton, but a few that I would like to get to. And the first one is from Pure Water Sales. And he says, when first starting out with a business YouTube channel, how much content should you put out? It's truly quantity over quality. Is it truly quantity over quality with it in the beginning, or do you just flood the content or the channel to keep it in people's feeds? Also, is there a time that seems to be the sweet spot? I've done two. Uh, one was seven minutes and the other one around two. I noticed that Alpha M channel is normally seven to nine, but Tej is longer. All right, so this is a question about using um, YouTube as a promotional tool for your business. Um, and this is something where, okay, so for, for the record, Joey, I would like to officially say congratulations putting your videos out there. Um, Joey is a longtime viewer, a longtime friend of mine in the Alpha M YouTube channel along with the Tej Hanley channel. Joey is a business where he sells like water purification systems. And he sells them like a lot cheaper than you're gonna be able to find most places. You know, YouTube is an amazing opportunity. If you have a business, whether or not you are selling water purification systems, you are selling supplements, you are selling sunglasses, you are selling wallets, cameras, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you have a service, if you've got knowledge on, in a specific area, you should be putting out YouTube content. And the reason is pretty simple, is that YouTube is literally like the second largest search engine next to Google. People go to YouTube to find things, to solve problems, and to learn. And so if you have an experience or you have knowledge in a specific area that is going to benefit other people, why not put a video out there? It is totally free, and that's the other thing. In terms of marketing and your ROI, return on investment, how much does it cost to put out a video on YouTube? Like, maybe you need to get like a camera, but the truth is, a lot you could use your phone that most people have. As long as you have an internet connection, you know, Google uh, Gmail account is free. All you need is a Gmail account, and you can start a YouTube channel. And so, Every single one of you, if you're an entrepreneur, you should be having a, a, a YouTube channel talking about things that you are an expert on. Because the beautiful thing is that people are gonna go, they're gonna look, they're gonna see your video, and then if you're smart, if you direct people, hey, down below, hit that link down below for more information, direct them somewhere. So the flow works like this. Somebody searches for something, in this case, like best home water purification system out there, right? Best pure, they search it, right? Boom. Joey's video pops up. Oh, let me watch this. Joey is like, hey, in my experience, this is the best pro program. This is the best this. I can also save you money if you're interested. Hit that link down below. Go sign up or contact me. And then when they go to the website, what happens? Exactly. You sign up for some type of you know, free giveaway, whether or not it's like 10 best, you know, water purification hacks to drink cleaner water or sign up for a newsletter to get monthly updates on how to get this, right? That's the whole flow. And then they give you their email and then once you have that, boom, you got them, right? And so in terms of a, a customer to potentially market to. And so back to Joey's question in terms of what is the sweet spot? You know, you got to put out content. What I recommend is at least one video a week, right? I know that when people first start, they get like really like amped up. They're like, I'm going to put out, you know, six videos a week or five videos a week or whatever it is. You've got to do something that is, that is going to be able to be maintained because one of the problems 
that a lot of YouTubers or people that put out content is they'll go like hot and heavy and then they'll stop and they'll have a drought. YouTube rewards consistency. So whether or not that's once a month, once a week, once every two weeks, like whatever it is, you've just got to find a cadence and something that is comfortable to you. In terms of quantity versus quality, I think it's a balance and you've got to decide and figure out that for yourself. Um, I would probably err on the side of quantity versus quality, especially in the beginning stages. Like your videos are gonna suck in the beginning. You're gonna hate them. You're gonna be like, oh my God, I don't even wanna look. Like it's brutal to watch yourself on camera the first, uh, it's still like, sometimes it's still brutal for me you know, 12 or 13 years later. You've just gotta get into the habit of working that muscle, right? And, and the muscle that I'm talking about is content creation, messaging, filming yourself, and putting a piece of content out there. Don't worry, don't get hung up in the quality of it, like sexy like intros and transitions, just get something out. Good enough oftentimes is done. My wife has wanted to be an entrepreneur for a long time. Recently, she decided to go into the cosmetics because she loves it. Well, that's first thing I want to say is congratulations. You know, finding something that you love and following that journey, that is, you know, the right thing to do, in my opinion. If you find something that you love and you can figure out a way how to make a living or a business out of it, you know, good for you. Doesn't mean it's not going to be tricky and a lot of hard work, but it's the right step because it's something that you love. Um, she has a product she wants to release in mind. I'd love to hear your thoughts on going into a competitive market since you're in two, skincare and hair care. How do you release a product and sell it when no one really knows you? Or how do you go about uh, get people to trust you over known brands? I appreciate this advice. So, so basically, the whole idea in the question is how do you launch a product and get people to trust you even though you're a small little guy when there are all these big people out there. And I think Tiege Hanley is a perfect example of you know, the success that you can gain from just connecting, resonating, being honest with people and just you know, letting your guard down and allowing people into to you and, and what you're about and sort of letting people see that you're a small you know, startup, small scrappy startup. You know, that was the thing that sort of you know, really I think exemplifies, you know, why Tiege Hanley has been successful. It's because, and this is something that you can take away for your wife, it's because you're not the big guys. It's because, you know, you are, you know, an independent operator that just has a passion for something that you want to get out to the world. That is what is incredibly valuable in today's world, honestly. The way that we buy, the way that we consume things, it's not necessarily the way that it used to be. In the old days, the companies that won were the companies that had the most marketing dollars. You could have a crappy product, but because you had a lot of money and you were doing advertising or TV or billboards or magazines or whatever, people would buy your product. Today, it's changed. The landscape has changed. The way that people buy has changed. Social media and the internet has changed the way that we consume. No longer is it good enough just to have a lot of commercials or a lot of advertising. You've got to be willing or able to connect with the brand that you're buying from, which is why you know, social media literally has changed the game. That's why so many people come to somebody like me to talk about their product or brand because they know that people have a relationship with me. And so if you have a relationship with me, you trust me. If I'm saying, yo, these glasses are great, go to glassusa.com, they're like 50 bucks. That is a better way than Glasses USA just trying to advertise. Make sense? And so what I'd recommend is start talking about makeup. Start putting yourself out there. That is the first and most valuable thing that you can start doing is start talking about makeup. Start a YouTube channel. Start an Instagram account. Start a blog. Start a website. 
Start talking about your passion. Start talking about what you're wanting to do. And something that Teach Hanley did, we basically pulled back the curtains and allowed people to come in throughout our entire journey. And so this was something that was totally unique. Before we ever launched a product and said, yo, we're gonna help you be handsome, this is what we're doing. This is, we're, we're inviting you along the journey. And that's why when we opened day one, it was like off to the races and, and people were like crazy and we were automatically successful. And it was because we were, we were doing the work, we were inviting people in and we were connecting with people that, and we resonated, our story resonated with people before we ever asked somebody to buy something from us. And so I think you are absolutely in a great position. I wish you incredible success and congratulations. This is exciting. Hi Alpha, I'm a college student running an apparel company out of my dorm room. Good for you, little early young hustling. I love it. He says, I have a great product and a great message that our customers love. However, I can't seem to grow the business. I have no idea where to start with marketing and reaching out to a broader audience. I've used Facebook ads, paying for shout outs and DMing influencers to promote our brand, but haven't have seen no results. Where am I going wrong and what can I do to get this business off the ground? So I guess the question is, how did you get your initial, um, your initial customers? You say that your customers love the message, do they? Are you sure? Because if you're doing Facebook ads and you're doing getting shout outs and people aren't buying, is there an issue? Is there something there that you're not maybe seeing or that's not as amazing as possible? I'm not saying there is or there isn't. I'm just saying if you're, ha if you're, getting, tra if you're getting people to talk about it and people aren't buying, either they're not the right people talking about it, it's not the right audience, or the product isn't right. And so maybe you know, it's, it's time to, before you sort of invest more money into the messaging and the marketing, maybe it's, a, it's something where it's worth the time and expense to get more people's feedback. Um, it's also not a bad thing to sort of do things, you know, organically. You know, you're in college, you've got a lot of college people around you. I'm assuming that the product or the apparel that you're selling is, you know, age specific or your demo is, is the college students, at least some of them. And so maybe reaching out and trying to do more like pop-up shops or going around to different, you know, campuses, getting people to talk about it. Hey, if you get a shirt, you know, make sure to post a picture or tag me or whatever. There are other ways to do it other than just like spending marketing dollars. Maybe it's something where you just need to sort of do more like guerrilla tactics and really start to build the brand from a, from a grassroots perspective as opposed to just a big, you know, online presence. Maybe, I don't know, but that's probably what I would do at this point. Alpha, given your experience with acquiring property for your new business, are there any takeaways from this experience that you can offer for those wanting to acquire property in order to run a business? What to do and what not to do. Thank you for your time. So in terms of what to do, if you're looking to buy an asset to run your business out of, the first thing I would say is, are you sure you need that business? Or are you sure you need to like buy that property? All right, and as opposed to like renting it. And that's something that I have, you know, experience with. You know, T. Shanley, when we started, we were renting. We're still renting to this day. And it's a good thing we were renting because if we would have bought a building to try and run that, first off in Chicago, you can't buy anything because it's so damn expensive. But you lose the ability to scale easily if you acquire a business or you acquire a piece of property and then run your business. Now, if you buy big enough, that's great, but is it bigger than you need? And what if you don't ever like maximize that? Or are you wasting money? You know, Pete and Pedro, same sort of thing. You know, when I started, I started in a bedroom and then 
eventually I, I, I bought, this, bought this, my office, and I ran it out of here for like, like two or three years. And then I was like, all right, I'm tired of tripping over pallets. We grew to the point where it's like, okay, what do I do now? Do I buy a bigger building to, rent, to, to run this out of, or do I rent? So I rented a warehouse, a small little warehouse. It was like, I don't know, like 2,000 square feet. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But quickly I was like, crap, I need to, I need to grow out, or I've grown out of this. And so what did I do? I called the landlord up. I was basically saying, yo, I know there's another space that's bigger. Can I get out of this lease? Can we roll it into the next lease? Start a new lease. Landlords will always do that. So even if you like signed a three-year lease and you've only been in a space for a year, but you need bigger space and, and you can go to the landlord, they'll say, yeah, we can start a new three-year lease with the bigger space. We will allow you to break the lease. And so when you are not actually buying it, when you're just renting it, you can do that easily. But if you buy it, it's hard to just like offload something. The other thing you need to do is do the math, right? Does it make sense? Is it an investment that, you know, at some point is going to appreciate? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But you need to really do the math because if you are going to be like, I'm going to buy this building, I need to put down, because here's the other thing. Real estate, commercial real estate is harder to get a loan for. You also typically are going to need to put down more money as a down payment. All right, the banks are gonna be like, all right, we wanna make sure that this dude isn't gonna just like walk away. And for my office, it was literally like a three-year loan. I had to refi, they wanted me to refinance it in three years. They didn't wanna finance, it's not like a regular mortgage where you can finance it for like 30 years, right? It's typically going to be shorter duration. You're gonna get it, you're gonna pay loan origination fees every time you sort of refinance it. Now for me, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my bill, right? I'm like, damn, I'm paying, you know, $1,000 interest every month. I had the money in the bank, and so what did I do? I'm like, I'm just gonna pay this off. Boom, debt gone, right? And that was great for me, because I had the money sitting there in like a checking account, <laughs> which is another reason why nobody should listen to me in terms of, of financial advice. I had money sitting in a checking account. And so it was just sitting there, as opposed to even if the loan for, for the building was, you know, three or 4%, it's not like crazy. But I basically figured, okay, I can know, if I'm making like zero in a checking account, I know that I can take this money, pay it off, and I'm gonna essentially be earning like three or 4% that I would have been paying for the privilege of having a loan. Does that make sense? Probably made zero sense. But the other thing, if you're gonna be buying an asset, you're gonna be tying up a lot of money, right? If you're just starting a business, if you've got like just tons of money, like great, good for you, congratulations, and you can afford to put 20%, 30%, 40%, it depends on how much you're gonna to have to put down. And if you're buying a commercial space, typically commercial spaces can be like pretty expensive. I don't know what business you're going into specifically, but I'm assuming it's not gonna be cheap. And so you're tying up like 20, 30, 40, 50, $60, $100,000 into this property, in order to run your business when you can basically not put that money down and just rent for a few thousand bucks, maybe that's a better idea, but it's totally up to you. I have literally just started my own male lifestyle YouTube channel, and obviously I'm at the beginning of a very big mountain, but eventually I'd like to be able to, create, to generate various revenue streams from it and turn it into a viable business. And you, Aaron, are the person to ask uh, what the various options are beyond just sponsorship videos, or the future when I'm hopefully find my audience. I like blah, blah, blah. this is a long email. Um, anyway, I guess the, the the general question is, you're starting a YouTube channel. 
what are the various options in terms of generating revenue? You know, as you grow your audience, you are going to have more opportunities. But the thing I would say is don't worry right now about how to make money. Worry right now about putting content out and growing your audience. Um, one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of YouTubers making is that they start a business or they start a channel with the idea that I'm going to make this a business. And right away, they start pitching things. You know, for me, the reason why I'm successful, it's not because my, my videos are good. It's not because I'm just this amazingly charming person. It's because, actually, maybe that's it. I'm kidding. Um, I think what the, the, I just did it, right? I put stuff out there and I, I didn't have any idea because this was back in 2008. I didn't know that you could even make money. And so I did it just for the sheer fact of I wanted to help people feel and look amazing. And, and the way I did that was, was through these videos that I really didn't know what I was doing when I did them. And so, you know, I think that's the reason. Number one, I was first. And the other reason I was successful is just because I didn't ask anybody for anything. I just put out content that people resonated with and I tried to help people. And so people can sniff out inauthentic, inauthenticity. And um, I think that you need to worry about just building your brand in terms of your personal brand, build your message, and just get content out there. And then worry about how to make money later. Like let the, that, That'll come as long as you can develop your voice and just put content out that, that connects with people. That's the best advice I can give you. And I have an opportunity and the cost and plan worked out. So essentially he's thought through the process and the business and the manpower in place and it's a contract with Amazon. All right, Amazon, obviously they're killing it, big things. He says, it's low overall cost, high payback, but need a loan to get three box trucks and I've got little business experience in the field or, uh, but, uh, and, but no, I'm sorry, but no collateral. How do I get a bit? So essentially, he needs to get a business loan to buy three box trucks. That's gonna be really hard to do, to be completely honest. Um, you know, a business loan is hard to get. You know, going to a bank and being like, hey, I wanna get a business loan. They're gonna be like, all right, let me see your business plan. Let me see your experience. Let me see, you know, how much money you have. Like, that's gonna be hard to do. I know because I've been through the process. Business loans, they lend you money after you're already successful. The people that need the money, it's not a great option. So what I would do probably is try to, you know, if you need three, I don't know why, maybe you don't just like try and start one, or maybe, here's an idea, um, you know, I, I hate to say, you know, ask your friends and family for like a loan or something like that. That's an option. You could also, you know, look for a business partner that has maybe money or has the ability to finance these trucks, or you just try and get one, one truck, you know, start with one and then try and expand. You know, going in for three right off the front, that's, that's super risky. Even though it's a contract and everything, I get it. Even though you've got it all figured out, things always change. And so investing, you know, that much money right away, if you, like that, that for me feels a little bit risky. So I would probably try to figure out a way to do it on a smaller, less risky scale. And maybe that means like you going in and getting a loan for the, for the truck and you buying it personally, if you don't have the credit to do that, that's another story. Then you've got to go some alternative financing route like you know, friends and family to get a down payment or whatever it is. But, um, but yeah, you're not going to get a business loan. Just throwing it out there. Don't waste your time. No, no bank is going to give you a business loan. It's not going to happen. So you got to figure some other way of, of borrowing money, asking people to go into business with you or some other strategy. But the loan from a bank, never. Credit card? You have, you have credit cards? You can take money off of that. Like, there are other options. But Banks, 
they're not gonna do it. I'm working with a business that sells beard care products and is looking to enter into Europe. Any tips or things I should know since you're also in scare? Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be shipping overseas and you're here domestically in the US, you gotta figure out the shipping. Shipping is so expensive. It's also really, shipping is the biggest pain in the ass, international shipping. It's expensive, and if it's not expensive, it's slow. And so really trying to figure out, and depending on the price or the value of the item that you're shipping, that may determine you know, which way you go and making sure that you offer your customers, don't offer your customers like free shipping, all right? Have a price, stick to it, and, and, and just deal with it. Um, for, personally, you know, for, for Enemy, we went with FedEx. We tried to do like DHL, but DHL kept losing packages. They also, it would take forever. FedEx, it's more expensive. It's like $9, actually international, it might be more than that. Anyway, FedEx, it's, it's much easier to track, but it's more expensive. And so, you know, knowing that you wanna have the best customer experience possible, it's a balancing act between expense and speed and trackability. But you need to make sure that the person can track the product because if not, not it's gonna be an absolute disaster with customer service, people always emailing and, and reaching out. Anyway, great question, good luck. Let me know if you figure it out because it's hard. Hi Aaron, I started showing products on my other channel, he has a YouTube channel, for companies in my field of what I do. Uh, I'm assuming it's self-defense and urban survival. My question is, um, have, you, uh, have you ever had two different companies with very similar products approach you and is there a conflict when both products are almost the same and how do you feel about showcasing both products on your channel? Basically, let's say you have two hair gel companies. Okay, that's not, I, I'm, I'm of course gonna be like no to the hair gel or skincare. The answer, Gary Hernandez, Urban Survival Self-Defense is yes, I have oftentimes had two companies approach me. In, and, and offer similar products. And I've only been able to promote one. In my opinion, it kind of boils down to credibility. You know, if you are pitching one product, in order to sort of talk about it, are you, are you highlighting the features of this product or are you really like getting behind it and being like, yo, this is awesome, this is amazing, this thing is incredible. And if another product is like the same, and you're like, yo, this one is bad. Well, people are gonna be like, well, wait a second. I thought you just said that product that basically is the same thing is awesome, so which one is it? Now, that being said, if there is a difference, like some type of, re like a, a real difference, you know, between this product and this product, knowing that some of your audience, some of your customers are going to prefer this. Maybe one is $20 and one is a little bit more premium and it's like $80. You know, if that is the difference and there are, are real differences between the products, even though they are a similar sort of thing, I think it's totally cool to promote it because you know that, hey, some people are gonna be more pr price sensitive to this, but some people might like this better. And so ultimately you've gotta choose, but I do feel that it boils down to credibility. And one of the mistakes that a lot of YouTubers make when they start getting approached by companies and vendors is they just see the money. It is really difficult to be selective and that's one of the things that i have have really prided is prided a word pride i pride myself on and a lot of people will will bitch and complain and and here's the other thing just because somebody doesn't like a product doesn't mean that it's not a good product just because you know and, and here's another thing when it comes to like products I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. There are other questions. But uh, sometime maybe I'll go down the rabbit hole of, of, of talking about my promotional pet peeves. 
And that's not going to be now. But great question. Congratulations that people are approaching you. Well done, but be careful because it is tempting. Somebody drops a sack of cash in your lap. How much do you not like it? Gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you dug it, make sure to drop us a review, also a rating, as this helps the podcast reach more incredible gentlemen just like yourself. And don't forget to subscribe because it's free and you don't want to miss another incredible episode. Guys, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're amazing. And don't forget how awesome you are.